everyone, my name is Todd Glick, and today I wanted to do a video on Bitcoin fundamentals. A lot of people misunderstand Bitcoin and constantly day in, day out, I'm having new questions and very smart, intelligent questions about what Bitcoin is, what makes it valuable, how does it run, and what really makes it able to conduct all this value, all, all this hype around one technology that's been created that still so many people have no idea about. Today, I want to explain a little bit about what makes it valuable. So let's start off just on today's Bitcoin price to give some just historical relevance. We're looking at over a year chart here. At the beginning of 2020, we were around $7,000. We dipped down to around 4,000. 500, we went to a high of 42,000, and now currently we're at 37,600, okay? All great, obviously there's an incredible opportunity for return, so people have gotten a lot of interest into Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? Why is it accumulating all this value over the last year, over the last 12 years since it was created in 2008? So let's talk about it. The first, the first step that we need to talk about is the Bitcoin stock to flow chart. What is the stock to flow model? It basically is the idea of price movement of Bitcoin after the halving cycle. And this is where we start our journey into Bitcoin. What is halving? Well, halving happens every four years in Bitcoin. Just like a democracy, you have every four years an election to change the guard. Well, every four years in Bitcoin, you have a halving. A halving is a Bitcoin mining system where you are going to be receiving less and less rewards as you go down. So right here, Bitcoin miners back in 2008, when it first started, mining was very easy and you could use your basic laptop because you didn't need many computing power. What is Bitcoin mining? Well, again, we have to jump back and forth. So stay with me. Bitcoin mining is going to be computing power. What is computing power needed for? Math algorithms, see, I mean, math equations. They're really complex math equations. And these are the, basically the foundation of the blockchain. It's called cryptography. And you need very complex, um, powerful computers to solve cryptography and confirm transactions on the blockchain, which is what Bitcoin runs itself on. Now the blockchain is a triple accounting principle, basically to put it simply in a, in a traditional accounting system, you have a third party that works as an intermediary and confirms that the both parties are being truthful and they're basically a beneficiary for the deal itself for both parties. In the blockchain, you're having the intermediary be all nodes in the system. And this is again, now we have to switch our focus onto nodes. What are nodes? A node is a server in the blockchain system, the overall system. Now, this is my node. This is actually, um, not to get confused with the name of the actual service, it is called my node, um, the company I bought my node from. Um, the node itself, it's a full node, and once you get it set up, you can have access to the actual Bitcoin blockchain. This allows you to see the um, in real time which block is being mined in Bitcoin what the actual price is, not relying on any um, exchange to tell me what the price, 
prices. So for example, when I look at this chart here, I'm seeing it's 37,690, but this is coming from tradingview.com. I could confirm that here by using my node by the various um, systems and applications built onto this node. And also I can use my node as um, a server. So basically um, I can work as a, a merchant. So you know how people use PayPal for consumer um, transactions. I want to buy a good and I need a place where people can load their bank account on and send money to my bank account um, as a business transaction. And for that, you have to pay PayPal like a 1% fee on every transaction that occurs for business. It's probably even more. And there's various services that pay, um, that charge more or less. Basically what Bitcoin's saying is, um, instead of trusting one central force to do that, why not trust the overall network to do it? And you still have to pay a, a, a fee, but the, the, the goal is to have the fee less by running a whole bunch of decentralized nodes throughout the system. And if there's enough, um, we can confirm it so instantly that it doesn't, um, that it doesn't need to be worried. Um, one of the main critiques about Bitcoin in the, in the early years is the block sizes. And going back to the Bitcoin mining is every block you can see here, um, there's, you're gonna get a reward for um, mining a block. So back in 2009, if you had a computer that could mine um, one block, you would receive 50 Bitcoin. And after four years, it halved. And so um, in, in 2012, if you mined one block of Bitcoin, you got 25 Bitcoin. Um, and then it, see, you can see it keeps on getting less and less. And so we just went through a Bitcoin halving in 2020. And uh, so now miners are only getting 6.25 Bitcoin for every block they mine. And so every time, um, every four years, they get less and less. And so this makes it scarcer and scarcer. And it also makes it um, so that the miners don't have too much control overall in the overall system and that they're forced to, um, that their margins are gonna be constantly cut down, right? Because they're not gonna be getting the same amount of Bitcoin, but it also doesn't necessarily work like that because again, if you look at the stock to flow model, um, you have a, a system where every four years, and this is the beautiful thing about the stock to flow model is you can actually see the Bitcoin having and the price correlation at work. In 2009, it started, Bitcoin was at around seven cents a um, for one Bitcoin. And then it went up all the way to $17 and then it regressed. And then it went up again to $180 and it regressed. And then it went up again to $800. And this is, this is 2014, right? So the 2016, right here is the having, And you can see every time, right after 2012 happens, you have blue. After 2016, you have blue. And after 2020, you have this kind of blue area too. And then right after you have a little bit of blue, you start having these oranges. And I mean, you start having these purples, then oranges, then yellows, then greens. Right now we're at the orange point in our current, um, in our current model because we just went through the having in 2020 we're only in 2021 so we still have as you can see we still have another three years left in this current um bitcoin bull run um, on the conservative end it's going to get to 100,000. but as you can see it always outperforms the 365 day average um stock to flow so when looking at that 
I mean, it's it's gone up significantly past it. Back in 2018, um, at the start, it went all the way to around 17,000, right? Um, it was actually around um, December, so of 2000, um, 2017, but um, who's counting, right? And then it goes down, you can see it gets blue and people are like, Bitcoin's gonna ruin um, end. But if you are looking at the stock to flow model, you would have known, oh, this is part of Bitcoin's model. This is part of how it retraces. And then it goes up and it goes up. So we're right in this orange area. So if, if we're knowing anything, we still have yellow and then, a, and then a, a greenish. And once we hit this greenish color, then I would say, take some profits. We're gonna go through a little bit of a winter season. We're gonna regress a little bit and then boom, we'll go right back up. But on this stock to flow model, it's saying that we're gonna eventually get to a million dollars per Bitcoin. Well, eventually, if it gets to a million dollars per Bitcoin, mining, um, Bitcoin miners are gonna be very happy because they're gonna receive 6.25 Bitcoin for every time they do a block. And that means $6 million for every time they do a block. So even though they're not receiving 50 um, Bitcoin um, back in 2009, 50 Bitcoin was only worth a dollar. But then again, if you accumulated and stashed it, it would have been nice. The problem with mining is you can't always accumulate and stash it. You have to transact it. You have to trade it in for fiat money because you have to pay electric bills. You have to pay overhead. You have to pay. It's a business. So that is overall um, a benefit for the overall system as well, because it doesn't um, give all the power um, concentrate the power in one group of and um, one group of people, which it would be the miners. It, they have to get rid of it because they have to pay the bills for mining the Bitcoin in the first place. And again, just to go over the blockchain, the Bitcoin. So this is a good um, scenario. If if a, someone wanted to pay for a goods and a service from a business, they would use their Bitcoin and sign sign off on how much they want to send. And they would send it to the to the Bitcoin um, business address, which is a public address. And you send it how much easy enough it gets added to the blockchain and it gets it gets added to an individual block. OK, and this individual block is a collection of a whole bunch of other transactions bundled together. And then once the block is full, this is going to be mined by the Bitcoin miners. The first one to mine it successfully will be will have a validation and they will get rewarded a proof of work. And this proof of work will be reward will is what rewards the Bitcoin to the miner once they have the proof of work after they become the first validator. And then after it gets validated, then you know the transaction is verified and Alice can send money to um, Bob, the business owner, right? Um, but again, um, you, you may be asking, I understand the Bitcoin part of it. I have a transaction added to the to a block and the block's mined by the miners and the miners get a reward for mining the block, which gets added to the blockchain. And the blockchain is a ledger that is access accessible for infinity forever. And it's public to anyone who wants to view it. Well, how do you view it? That's where this comes into play. You need to have a my node, um, not in the, not a my node. You just need to have a full node operating, which gives you access to the Bitcoin. So you can see right now, um, it's sinking. Um, one block is remaining to get up to date with the current Bitcoin blockchain system. The problem um, you'll see right here, Lightning, which is a very um, interesting um, application built on top of Bitcoin. Um, and this is still in the works and they're still developing it, but 
the main critique Bitcoin has is in each one of these individual blocks that I've been talking about, there's a certain amount of gigabit, gigabyte size. Um, so basically you, you can only put a certain amount of, um, it's, not, it's not even gigabytes, it's megabytes. It's like 250 megabytes, if I'm not mistaken. And that gets full very fast, which jams up the system. And so you can't have, um, a, you can't have hundreds of thousands of payments in a second like you do on the Visa or uh, MasterCard network. So this was a limitation in scaling. A lot of people thought for Bitcoin, and something that they built, which runs on top of the Bitcoin network, is the Lightning network. The Lightning network itself is basically a group of people getting together right and to put it simple imagine if you had a group of friends five friends and you have to pay um you you all have to pay someone right you all have you all went to dinner together and instead of splitting the checkup individually you put all your money together and you paid all at once um it makes the server's job easier because she doesn't have to transact every single one of those um, receipts and every single one of those card payments. Um, but it doesn't necessarily make it easy for your friends because you guys still have to take care of um, making sure you split it. And the person who actually takes the responsibility of taking the ultimate charge has to make sure that everyone else is good for what they say that they're good for. Um, the Lightning Network is kind of like that, it, but it validates and makes sure that the person that's making the charge is is validated so it's a it's almost like a smart contract where a group of people they send their bitcoin and they can automatically and instantly for a very very low fee transact bitcoin and for and for very low amounts i mean pennies on the dollar or any amount you want and very instant almost instantly i mean in one second or less um and you can do a lot of these transactions very quickly and the way you can do that is um, you have a lightning smart contract that records in and out, um, ins and outs. And basically, again, it runs on a cryptography um, based system that validates that you can't um, double spend, which is basically saying that you gave someone money and then you you take it back and then they think that you gave it or um, or make sure that you're actually have Bitcoin and you're not just using fake Bitcoin. There's all ways to validate this because Bitcoin inherently is run on a very um, strict proof of work. Um, sorry, not proof. Of, yes, proof of work system. And um, this all validates the overall system as a whole. This lightning ability gives the Bitcoin a scalability that it didn't have before it can now do very, very small payments and it's still gonna be run on the Bitcoin network. The light, everything happens on the lightning will eventually get stored onto the Bitcoin network. The only difference is it's going to wait its turn. Um, there's a lot of transactions that don't necessarily need to be recorded on the Bitcoin network because they're kind of irrelevant. Um, one penny transactions or um, $2 transactions they're way too small and there's way too many of them. And that's not important. We want to use the big transactions on the Bitcoin network and use a little transaction on the Lightning network. And since the Lightning network runs on the Bitcoin network, everything's dandy. Everything's perfect. This is very interesting. And you can get all access to this through a mind node. And so I think in the future, you're going to have businesses, banks, any, any entity that's dealing with monetary um, energy which is what I call money, you're going to see 
them they're going to have some type of node validating transactions for not just bitcoin it's going to be eventually central bank currencies you're going to have all their alternate currencies but i think bitcoin is going to be the the ruler of them all the, the gold 2.0 but uh, more so it's going to take over the overall overall financial system and the reason i think it's going to take over the overall financial system is because you have central banks around the world printing money as if they can all collude together and agree upon that if we all print together, the numbers will just, we can just add zeros and everything will stay the same. Well, that's not true because we've seen this thinking take course back in history and history repeats itself as we all know. And um, in Germany, as they were trying to pay for wartime debt, they printed so much money that they experienced something called hyperinflation. The value of, the, of a German mark compared to um, a gold mark um, went from one to one back in 1918 to around one to one trillion in 1924. This all shows precedent of hyperinflation value wealth creation. This gives you an idea that this Bitcoin bull run isn't just something out of nowhere. I mean, look at this stock to flow. They're saying Bitcoin is going to be at $1 million per Bitcoin in 2020. Um, at the earliest 2025, it could be earlier. Um, looking at all this, that seems very conservative, especially looking again back at this German mark chart where one equaled one trillion, one equals one million, I think is very conservative. And that's probably um, on my low end. And in my opinion, I think it could get up to a billion, um, maybe not a trillion, depending on how actually far it takes over the overall financial system. But again, like I said, showing you the overall operations of how the blockchain works, someone requests a transaction. It gets requested, the, the requested transaction is broadcasted to the peer-to-peer -peer network, which is the blockchain, which is, consists of nodes. The nodes I showed you that I have. We have a whole bunch of nodes decentralized throughout the, the world, all validating the transaction and moving the user status over using known algorithms. And a verified transaction can involve cryptocurrency, contracts, records, and other information. Obviously, we're talking about cryptocurrency here in Bitcoin, but the blockchain is other applications when it, when it comes to contracts, records, as well as um, many other different applications. And that's very interesting, and I'll do another video about that. But again, we're talking about Bitcoin here. Once verified, the transaction is combined with other transactions to create a new block of data for the ledger. This is the block. This is going to be mined by the Bitcoin. And once the Bitcoin miners mine it and, it's, and the transaction is verified, it gets added to the blockchain. And this is an accessible blockchain that is made public for anyone who has operating a full node, which again, reinforces the overall system. And this allows the transaction to be completed. And this is a beautiful synchronous um, complex system that is just self-reinforcing and can absolutely be incredible for society. So again, I hope I went over everything. These right here, and will confuse a lot of people is exchanges, okay? You have central exchanges and decentralized exchanges. These are just different places to own Bitcoin, okay? So these are gonna be your centralized exchanges. Um, but again, centralized means what you're buying is gonna be stored at one individual place. So if I go to kraken.com and I buy Bitcoin from my bank account, I don't own actual Bitcoin. I own 
an IOU that Kraken gives me saying that they bought Bitcoin with my money, okay? If I ever in a severe, I mean, that's that scares some people. Some people have trust issues. That's the benefit of having a node. You don't have to trust Kraken. You can trust yourself. You can trust your own node that is plugged into the Bitcoin network. Um, that's another reason things called decentralized exchanges have been coming out. Things like BISC, uh, things like Waves and uh, Stellar. These are really interesting ideas because, and I think this is the future of finance too, because you're having um, interactions in the marketplace that are being verified in a decentralized area. And that basically means there can be no corruption from a centralized entity, which I absolutely know is going on in the current financial system. Um, gold and silver, I think, are one of the big commodities being corrupted based off a centralized exchange approach in the, in the current traditional financial system. So decentralized exchanges in the future, I think, could um, better the financial markets from a, a capitalist point of view and a free market point of view. So. I'm very interested in what that can be, but those are the differences that you should know right now. If you're a beginner, don't worry about these centralized exchanges. You all you need to know is one of these centralized exchanges. Coinbase isn't on, on here, but it's another good company. Um, you can also use Cash App or PayPal. I wouldn't recommend PayPal, but Cat, I like Cash App the way it's set up. It's very user friendly, and you can send your Bitcoin to other accounts as well. These are all places where to buy Bitcoin. They're on ramps for you to change your fiat, US dollar, or any other currency, um, fiat currency, into a cryptocurrency. Um, I recommend always and only buying Bitcoin, but there are possibilities that you can buy other cryptocurrencies as well. Um, I hope I went through everything. It's been a very interesting video. I think I went through a lot. It is kind of mind blowing if you kind of realize the potential possibilities and what's going to happen, what could happen in the future. And especially the way the Bitcoin fundamentals look, they're looking extremely bullish. So I hope this has enticed you to learn more about Bitcoin. And if you have any questions, please drop them in the comments below and look at this. The Bitcoin chart it, on the one day, it just crossed over the MACD. This is Stoastic MACD, a beautiful indi indicator. I still have a sell signal on the, on the parabola signal, but I think that will be reversed around uh, middle of the February. So I'm not really worried at all. Once you have a cross in the MACD, it's a very bullish trend. Um, we still have room to go on the RSI. So I think we could see, be seeing a 50 to 60,000 price range um mid-march so very excited to see what kind of run we're going to be seeing in the next couple weeks stay tuned and i hope you learned a lot have a good one bye